Amen. Amen. Y'all ready for the word? Y'all ready for the word? Okay. So let's jump right in it. So, um, of course, Dr. B has been in an amazing teaching entitled Speak is in Your Mouth. Um, I want to go back and uh, reestablish the purpose of this message. So the purpose, the purpose of this series is to teach the believer, you and I, about the power of our words, say power, the potential in our words, say potential, and how through our words the principles of God are established in the earth for kingdom manifestation and victory in life. So today we're going to be in part three. And part three is titled, The Power to Command. Say, The Power to Command. Now, I want to define that. So, the word power means having the capacity or ability to direct and influence a course of events. So, you and I have the power on the inside of us to direct and influence any course of events that show up in our lives. Amen? Now, that word potential, it means existing in possibility. See, you and I live in a world of possibilities. A world of possibilities. It means capable of developing into actuality. Again, existing in possibility capable of developing into actuality. So, your dreams, your aspirations, your visions, your goals, they have the potential to develop into actuality, but it is in your mouth. Amen? So, my opening statement for lesson three, it says, from creation... Victory has always been the plan of God for man. Now, I said always, this God's plan did not just become victory for man. God didn't decide to make us victorious because sin entered the world. He didn't decide to make us uh, victorious because man failed. God's plan for man has always been victory. Now, although victory is God's plan for you and I. He's, he designed this victory to be voice activated. It's his plan. It's his will. But it's always been designed to be voice activated. Our foundational scripture is going to come from Job 22 and 28. And we're going to read it in the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, you shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. Now, notice it said, you shall. It didn't say God. It said, you shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. Now, all God shalls are promises. And all his promises are yes and amen. And so he said, if you say it and believe it, 
God said it shall be established for you. Do you believe that on today? So, that word decree, listen, the word decree is an, an official order issued by a legal authority to order something by command. Again, it is an official order issued by a legal authority. You have legal authority in the earth realm to speak whatever you want to be. Good or bad, you have legal authority. And God gave us his legal authority and he placed it in the power of our words. So in lesson one, Dr. B showed us where we got this power to command from. He showed us where we got it from and we got it from God having been made in his image and in his likeness. So God didn't have to sprinkle any extra dust. He didn't have to find no good dirt or nothing like that. All he had to do for us, for us to get this power was create us in his image and in his likeness. So that's where we got this power to command. So since Dr. V went back, I thought that it would be befitting for me to also go back. And I want to show you when and how God activated this power in man for the first time. Again, Dr. V showed us where we got it from, and we got it being made in what? And I'm going to show you when and how God activated this power. Y'all ready? Let's look at Genesis 2 and 19. It says, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought or presented them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Do, do you see that? Now, listen to this. This was never meant to be a cute Sunday school scripture about how God let Adam name the animals. We've all been in that class. What, what did Adam call the bird that was blue? And the little kids say, hey, blue bird. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. This was never meant to be a cute Sunday school scripture. It was never meant for that. See, God wasn't tired, so decided to let Adam name the animals. He wasn't just giving Adam something to do. Our God is not that simple-minded. He Everything that he does is intentional and strategic. Stick with me. Again, I'm just trying to show you where this power was activated. Now, 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 catch this, catch this. Whenever God presented the animals to Adam, he was setting precedent for both man and all creation. He was setting precedent. Now, that word precedent means to activate principle or rule establishment. To activate principle or rule establishment. So, in other words, God was activating a principle in man, showing him that whenever something is presented to you, in you is the power and ability to call it whatsoever you will. 
So then, when life presents sickness, there's enough power and ability in you to call it whatsoever you will. When life presents wayward children, in you is the ability and the power to call it whatever you want to be. When life presents trouble in your marriage, in you, from creation, is the power and the ability for you to call that situation whatsoever you will. Now, now I love, I love the D portion of that same verse. It says, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Means that couldn't nobody interfere with it, couldn't nobody change it, couldn't nobody stop it. Whatsoever Adam called it, that was the name thereof. So whatsoever you call whatever life has presented to you, stand on the word and know that whatsoever you called it, that's what it's going to be. Amen? Amen. So, so that's, that's, that's the how it was activated. But now, I understand that some of you may be saying, Pastor Jen, that's real good. You showed, you know, Dr. B showed us where it came from. You showed us when it was activated. But let's be honest. I don't always see in my life what you just said. Let's just be honest. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't always see the good result of me speaking a good thing. Let's just be honest if we will. Right? And so, and so I understand you may be saying, Pastor John, there's a disconnect somewhere. It's a disconnect somewhere. And it is. It is. Now, so the disconnect is the fall. The disconnect is the fall of man. See, the fall of man was far greater than what we sometimes give it credit for. It was much bigger than what sometimes we give it credit for. Now, now, when man fell, we lost a lot. Would you agree? We lost a whole lot, but I'm going to drop some on you. When man fell, we also gained something. Stick with me. Don't check out. I know you're like, this man is crazy. He just said we gained something. From the fall, but we did. I'm going to show it to you. Listen, listen to this statement. Because of the fall, we gain a new way of thinking. See, before the fall, there was only one way of thinking, and that one way was good. Before the fall, we only had one way of thinking. It was only one way of thinking. God is my source. God is my provider. I'm whole. Whatever I have need of, he'll provide. That was the only way of thinking prior to the fall of man. Would we agree? Now, let's look at Genesis 2, 16 through 17. I want to show you this new way of thinking that we got. It says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. 
but of the tree of this new knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. See, we were, we were always created to only think good. But when man fell, we now brought on this new way of thinking, and so now evil contends with our good. And so that's why we see a disconnect in our speaking. See, listen, we gain a new way of thinking, thus activating on the inside of us a new way of speaking. We gain a new way of thinking, thus activating on the inside of us a new way of speaking. Let's look at Genesis 3, and we're going to read verse 7, verse 7 through 12. Genesis 3, verse 7 through 12. I want to show you how big this fall really was. Let's read. It says, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew. And they knew. So here we have the beginning of the new way of thinking. They knew they were naked. Hold on now, Adam. You've been naked the whole time, bro. You've been naked the whole time. But again, like I said, we we were only created to see one side. God never intended for us to see the converse of how he created us. So we see, he said, we knew we were naked. Listen, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So we see now with this new way of thinking, we now think that it's our responsibility to provide for ourselves. Thank you. Verse 8, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. So now again, this new way of thinking now makes us run from the presence of the one that we once spent daily time with. Do we see how big the fall is? Okay. Number uh, uh, Verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. So now, because of this new way of thinking, fear comes on the scene for the first time. Do you see how big the fall was? Listen what the Lord said. The Lord said, who told you that you were naked? See, God immediately knew something was wrong because he knew I didn't create you to see that side. So God immediately knew something was wrong, and he said, Adam, Did you eat of the tree that I said don't 
Because that's the only way that you would know if you're naked. Listen to this, verse 12. Again, we just, I'm just showing you how big the fall really was. Verse 12, catch this. And the man said, the woman. Brian, I know you're a newlywed. He said, the woman that thou gave me, she gave me that fruit. And I did eat. So again, catch this. So from the fall, we see contention, division, blame, disunity in the family structure for the first time. Do we see how big the fall was? Listen. All of that. Now listen to this statement. Listen to this statement because I want to clarify something. When man fell, we did not lose the power to command. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. We lost the ability to operate in that power the way we were created to. We didn't lose it. We just lost the ability to operate in it the way God created because the way God created, we would only have one way of thinking, so that would never be anything to contend with it. So we would only speak good because we only knew good. So because of the fall, now our good has to contend with evil. We see that, right? So, Pastor John, how do we reconnect? Because you, 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 you showed us what the disconnect was, and I can't leave you there, right? How do we reconnect our thinking and speaking back to its created state? So, my first point is we have to renew our minds. That's the obvious, right? We have to renew our minds. Let's look at Romans 12 and 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world, this fallen way of thinking and speaking, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, that ye may prove or live out what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, this scripture uses the word renew. The prefix of this word is re. Now, re means to do again. Re means to make anew. Re means to go back. So, based on the scripture, the verbiage of the scripture, and based on definition, 
it, it, it is indicating that at some point, our minds were in another state. If it's using the word renew, and renew means to make anew, do again, and go back, that's indicating that our minds were at some point in another state. So, so how do we renew? How do we renew? We must stay in God's word and presence so that we become more familiar with the created man rather than the fallen man. I'm convinced that we know more about the fallen Adam than the created Adam. We know more about he ate of a tree, his wife gave him the fruit, and he had a crazy child and a good child. We, we know all about the fallen Adam, but many of us don't know enough about the created one. So we have to spend time in God's presence, spend time in God's word so that we renew our minds. Listen, in doing this, we will deplete the fallen man of his power. That's our goal, is to rob him of all power. Rob this fallen man of all power and renew our minds. Do we see that? So, point number two. Take no thought, save. This is how we reconnect. Take no thought, save. Let's look at Matthew 6, 31, I'm sorry, 30 through 31. And it reads, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whether what, what we shall be clothed. See, we're being warned to control our thinking because our thinking affects our speech and our speech creates our reality. Your speech creates your reality whether good or bad. See, understand this right here, that what you experience in your life today is the sum total of what you said at some point. It's not always the devil. The sum total of what you are experiencing in your life today is a result of what you said at some point, be it good or bad. The devil ain't that busy. He ain't that busy. And to be honest with you, because he understands the principle and the power of words, we really give him a lot of vacation time. Because he understands that as long as you're saying the wrong thing, I ain't got to do nothing. Because your words are going to produce whatever you said so I can kick my feet up. And y'all always talking about the devil busy. He like, nah, I'm on vacation, baby, because of your words. 
Notice, notice what we aren't supposed to take thought on. The necessities of life. The necessities of life. Before the fall, Adam never worried about the necessities of life. Because Adam understood that according to Philippians 4 and 19, but my God shall supply all my needs. Catch this, according to his riches. So again, the fall made us think that we're supposed to provide the necessities of life when that's not the case. That's not the case. So, we don't take thought in saying what is. We take thought of the word and say what God has said over us. We take no thought saying. You see that? Number three, understand that every day we have to give account for our words. Every day. Let's look at Matthew 20, I'm sorry, Matthew 12, verse 36 and 37 in the Amplified Classic Edition. It says, but I tell you on the day of judgment, I'm sorry, on the day of judgment, man will have to give account for every idle, inappropriate, non-working word they speak. For by your words you will be justified and acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned and sentenced. Now, that day of judgment is not just talking about the final day of judgment. It says the words that we speak. It didn't say spoke. The words that we speak. So every day for you and I is a day of judgment. And we're going to have to give account for every idle word that we spoke. So what I'm saying is, on Monday, you got to give an account for what you said today. On Tuesday, you have to give an account for what you said on Monday. Every day for us is a day of judgment. Listen to this. So don't give idle thoughts the fruit of your lips because they become the fruit of your life. When you give idle words the fruit of your lips, they become the fruit of your life. Let's see that worked out. Let's look at numbers. We're going to look at chapter 13. I know my notes say uh, 25 through 23, but let's also look at verse 1 and 2. Do a little reading. Here we go. It says, and the Lord spoke, I'm sorry, spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I have given unto the children of Israel. He said, go search the land that I have given unto the children of Israel. Verse 25 says, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. 
And they went and came unto Moses and Aaron and to the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whether thou sent us. And surely it flowed with milk and honey, and this is the fruit thereof. Now, they come back testifying that the land flows with milk and honey, and they brought back evidence that what God said that was in the land was in the land. Do we see that? But look at this new way of thinking. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and the Amalekites dwell in the mountain, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Come on, well able. But verse 31, let's look again, let's look at this new way of thinking. This new way of thinking and speaking in verse 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go against the people. Now, I got a question. Then in verse 2, God said, go spy out the land that I gave you. So why? Are they looking at themselves saying, we be not able to go up against? God didn't tell them that you had to go fight. He said, go spy the land that I gave you. My question to you, what in your life have you talked yourself out of? Because you are looking at being, a being able to go up against something. That God never said that you would have to do anything to get it. If God is saying, I gave it to you, why are you looking at yourself saying, I'm not able? I gave it to you, but you're looking at yourself saying, I'm not qualified. I gave it to you, but God, my education level. I gave it to you, but God, they're more tenured than me. But I gave it to you. That was 31, right? 32. And they, no, 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 hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. 32 messed me up. It messed me up because y'all just said 
that the land flowed with milk and honey and you brought back fruit of it. You brought back evidence. Catch this. But out of nowhere, they brought up an evil report. So where did this evil report come from? This new way of thinking. They brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, so they had the thought, and now they're going to make the mistake in saying, saying the land through which we have gone to, gone to search it, is a land that eateth up its that eat up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw, men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Catch this, y'all. And we were in our own sight grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight the same. So because this is how they see themselves, they're going to assume that that's how they see them. I would also even, even submit to you that they never even saw them. Because if you're spying out a land, you're hiding and watching from afar. So the giants probably never even saw them. But you're going to say, because this is how I see myself, I'm going to say that somebody that don't even see me, they don't even notice you. God got you hid and tucked off. They don't even see you. But you're going to say that because this is how I see me, this is how they see me, and they don't even see you. Do we see what this new way of thinking has done to our speaking? The problem was, catch this, the problem was, they took thought on what they saw and not on what God said. God was clear. Go search out the land that I gave you. You ain't got to do nothing else. Just go search out the land that I gave you. But they took thought in what they saw. Take no thought saying, beloved. Take no thought saying. Number four. Number four. There is still a Canaan available for us today. Don't talk yourself out of it. There's still a Canaan available for you and I today. 
Don't talk yourself out of it. See, Canaan represented a place of rest and provision that could only be accessed by faith. So I know we're talking about our words and the power to command, but you have to believe that you have power in your word. You have to believe that your words have power. Let's look at Hebrews 4. We're going to read verse 1 through 3. And then we're going to read verse 9 through 11. It says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well unto, as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you come to church Sunday after Sunday, and we enlisted three of this speech. And you hear it, and you're like, that was a good word, Dr. V. Good word, Pastor John. I'll see y'all next Sunday. But ain't not once mixed faith with the word that was preached and had the audacity to expect a God resolve concerning your situation. But ain't not once mixed faith with the word preached. We got to believe. Verse, uh, verse, what was that? Oh, verse 3. Just going to read the A portion of 3, then we'll go to verse number 9. It says, for we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, verse 9, there remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. I just told you that's still a Canaan for us. Verse 10 says, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own work. You got to cease from your own work now. Because you can't come over here in this, in, this, in this Canaan land of rest trying to do your own thing. Because number one, your own thing ain't going to get you over here. And then your own thing ain't going to keep you over here. It says, let us labor. Now, that, now, now labor, that's what I just said, cease from your own work. But, it, but did I come back and say, but let us labor. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into his rest. So sometimes, because of the fall of man, because of this new way of thinking, we have to will ourselves to rest. That's the labor for the believer. The labor for us is laying down, doing nothing when we want to do so much. The labor for us is not touching it when we want to put our hands on it. The labor for us is not looking to our ability when we want so bad. God, God let me help you out because you're moving too slow. God, let me hope you. Please let me hope you. 
That's how we labor. By willing ourselves to do only what he's told us to do. And after that, do nothing else. That's our labor. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Listen, you don't have to have the testimony of the children of Israel. You don't have to have the testimony of waiting years to get something that you were supposed to have in days. So the scripture is saying, don't fall under that same example of the unbeliever. Don't do what they did. I need you to understand that there is power in your mouth. And your words matter. And that you can have whatever you say, be it good or bad. And that the sum total of what you see today is a result of what you said at some point. And if you will renew your mind, you have the power and the ability to change your reality. So, I'm done, but before I finish, I know I usually have three take-homes. I got three take-home scriptures for you. I want you to take these scriptures home. I want you to meditate on these scriptures this week. As you are renewing your mind and as you're coming to the knowledge of you having this power and knowing now that this power has been activated into you and all you have to do is just change what you say, I want you to meditate on these scriptures. The first one is Proverbs 18, 20 through 21, the Amplified Classic Edition. I got three minutes. I can read it. It says, a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. And with the consequences of his words. He must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit thereof. For death or life, the scripture said you got to be satisfied with what you see based on what you say. Don't get mad. You got to be satisfied with what you say and what shows up because you said it. And the principle don't change because you made a mistake and said it. The principle don't change because you know I ain't mean that, God. The principle don't change. Proverbs 10, 11, 
the Amplified translation, I just want the A portion. It says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, and his words of wisdom are a source of blessing. In your mouth is a fountain of life. The last one is Proverbs 13 and 3 Amplified. It says, the one who guards his mouth thinketh before he speaks, protects his life. The one who opens his lips wide and chatters without thinking comes to ruin. Comes to ruin. I'm going to leave you with this. Understand this. Some of you may say, well, Pastor John, be honest, that ain't me because I just don't say nothing. <laughs> and then there may be somebody here that said, you know what? I know how to fix that. I ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> Let me help you with this. Saying nothing is equally as damaging as saying the wrong thing. Equally as damaging. Think about this. Adam, let's just say when God presented the animals to Adam, and Adam chose to say nothing, does it change the fact that animals are still presented? They're just unnamed. And some of you, because you've chosen to say nothing, you've been presented with some unnamed stuff. That's present. It's there, it's wreaking havoc in your life, and it ain't going nowhere because you won't tell it to. Your situation won't change because you won't tell it to, because you think that if I say nothing, I'm safe. But that just would have been an unnamed bluebird. But it's still... Would have been a bluebird. <laughs> let me share. Let me share one more thing with you. That the verse. Where was it? Where, where's the verse? Where's the verse? Go back to put up there. Da, 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 uh, what's that? I'm gonna show you. Show you the power. Power real quick. Power. Okay, go back to Genesis 2, 2 and 19. Now, I said that definition, I said that God was establishing precedent, right? And so what he was doing, I said that he was, find what that's at. Okay, he was establishing precedent for both man and creation. And I told y'all about the man side. I told y'all 
what that did for us. But let me show you the significance of how much power you have. He was setting precedence, establishing principle and rule order for all other creation as well. So much so, what he was saying by bringing the animals to Adam, he was saying that although I created you, that's who you obey. Think about the power that you have. He was, again, it wasn't just this cute Sunday school story. He was saying, although I know you've been with me in creation, but I'm showing you that that's who you obey. That's why I'm letting him call you what he wants you to be. Because you have to obey him. I created you, yes. I made you, yes. But that's who you have to obey. Thus, that's why I'm bringing you to him. Power in your words. Got to believe that there's power in your words. Renew your mind and experience every good and perfect gift from God. Know that there's power in you. I can't stress that enough. Know that there's power in your words. And you're going to have whatsoever you speak. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word, oh God. We thank you that you are renewing our minds back to our created state. And Father God, with the help of Holy Spirit, we deplete of power with this fallen man. And we declare, God, that we will move forward after today speaking life, speaking abundance, and speaking victory over ourselves and our family. We know, oh God, that we have what we say we have, therefore we say what your word says, and we believe it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Give God a hand. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.